Alright, so this week we're going to kind of pick up where we left off in last week's message. We talked about listening to the cries of the poor. We started off looking at the verse in Proverbs where there's a warning uh, for those who would stop their ears at the cries of the poor. And if you do that type of thing, you're going to find yourself crying out one of these days. And we talked a lot about how uh, there are a lot of uh, bad reasons for people being poor. Some people are just lazy. Some people are, uh, they, you know, they fake, uh, they fake disabilities. They just don't want to work. We talked about all that stuff, uh, last week, and I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on that. We talked about how being poor in America is kind of, uh, laughable because we've got it pretty good in America. In fact, it's really weird talking about being poor in America right now, too, because we're all about to be made rich by the government. You know, he's giving everybody money again, you know, but at the same time, uh, at the same time, there are people out there who do need help. And we ought to have this kind of mentality of wanting to be a help to those who are poor. Because sometimes being poor, just it might just be somebody who's just not as well off as the rest of us. And we ought to want to, uh, you know, lift them up just because they're not starving to death and living in a cardboard box like they are maybe in some countries. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't have a desire to maybe help some people and lift them up a little bit. And so uh, we're going to look at several verses on that. But before we do, I want to draw your attention to verse 5 of Matthew chapter 11. Jesus is speaking here, and he says, The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached unto them. Now, what's interesting about that passage is everything that Jesus is saying that these different groups are getting is it's it's exactly what we would expect them to get. In verse 5, or when he says the blind, what do blind people need? They need sight, right? He said, you know, the deaf, they can hear, lepers, they're cleansed, the dead, you know, what do dead people need? You know, they need life. They need to be brought, and he said the dead are raised up. Jesus did all those miracles, but then when he gets to the poor, he doesn't say the poor are made rich. Because we often think, too, that that's, you know, that's what will solve all our problems is just money, Right? And that's what our government thinks, you know, just giving people some money is going to solve everyone's problems. You know, that, that's what they, that's what they think. And don't get me going on the government and all that stuff. It's hard not to. But often that is kind of the mentality we have. But Jesus says the poor, they have the gospel. And one thing that anyone needs, one thing that poor people need more than anything is the gospel. But listen, let's just use some common sense here. You know, we're not going to be able to, you know, nobody's going to be able to straighten their lives out without Christ. Okay, and you know people they they can succeed in gaining some material riches, but even that won't bring them real happiness. That's not that's not going to do it. And so we all know that the poor need to hear the gospel, but you know the tr- truth is, hungry people. What do they often think of? What are they What are they mainly thinking of? They're mainly thinking of their hunger. You know that's that's what they're thinking of. You know the naked. They're thinking of their physical material needs. And God wants us to help people with physical needs so they can they will listen to us about their spiritual needs. When Je- before Jesus preached the bread of life sermon, he had fed people some bread, didn't he? And in James 2:15 it says if a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food and one of you say unto them, depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. If somebody is hungry and they have a physical need 
And then I just tell them, well, you know what? I have faith that you're going to be taken care of, and I don't do anything about it. The Bible says my faith is dead. It's not going to do anything for them. It's not, it's not going to help them, especially if I have what is needed to take care of them. If I have food, if somebody came by the church today and said, listen, we, we're hungry. I, we, just, we just need something to eat. And then we're just like, well, you know what? Let's pray about it. Well, we've got a ton of food back there. Okay. Listen, that's not time for us to pray about it. You know what we should do? We should say, well, you know what? You came to the right place because we got a bunch of food today. And we would love it if you'd uh, come and join us. That, that's what they need. You know, and we're not just going to preach the gospel to them and then pray that God fills their belly. No, we ought to take care of these things if we have that ability, if we have the ability to do that. So there's always going to be something to do. There's, and we got to watch out, you know, watch out for those who make everything about helping the poor. Okay. And remember in, in Matthew 26, or, uh, we're not going to read it, but in verse 11, uh, the whole passage, but verse 11, it says, Jesus is speaking, he says, for ye have the poor always with you, but me ye have not always. Now, this was something Jesus said when a woman came and she took that expensive alabaster box of ointment and she gave it to Jesus. And then Judas, he comes along and is like, what a waste. You know, we could have taken that and sold it and given the money to the poor. But you know what the Bible says? He didn't care about that because he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and he was the one that carried the bag. Watch out for these people that anytime we spend money on anything, oh, you could have given that money to missions. They're always bad people. You know, anytime we do anything fun, well, you know, you guys could be out giving the gospel. You know, those are always bad people. Mark it down, always bad people. You know what, folks? I, I'm just going to tell you, you're allowed to have some fun. You're allowed to do some things that you like doing. And watch out for the virtue signalers that come along, uh, you know, criticizing everything you do because it's not spiritual enough. They're always Judases. They're always bad people. So don't, don't listen to them. But let's look at some different groups of poor people because we need to learn to watch out for these things. You know, we, I think we just, we take a lot of these things for granted and we need to have this kind of mentality. This is a Christian mentality to have. And I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm not going to keep you here all day, but I could. I got just a ton of scripture, and I'm just going to go until it looks like you guys have, are, have had enough and have gotten what I'm saying, and then I'm just going to shut it down because I can't preach all of this. There's, there's, there's too many scriptures that I have to go to. But one thing we need to understand, again, poor, it's not always just about bank accounts. It's not always about things like that. One group or category you could say of poor people, there are some who are just weak. Okay? They're weak. They're physically unable to do things that other people can do. We see in Proverbs 14, 31, it says, He that oppresseth the poor reproacheth his maker, but he that honoreth him hath mercy on the poor. Did you know the Bible teaches too, and there's other passages we go to, God, he's the maker of the poor. There are some people that they were maybe they were born with a disability. They were born crippled. They can't go out and do some of the things that we do. We often get this attitude, uh, you know, where we're just so great because of all this money we made. You know, because I did, I I did it. I worked hard for it. I went and I did all the learning, and I've I've you know busted my backside. I've done all these things. Well, you know what? Who was it that gave you the ability to do those things? It was God that gave you that ability. You know what? You could have been somebody who was born with some kind of disability, but God didn't do that. God saw fit 
to allow you to be healthy. Well, it's my brains. But you know what? I, I'm convinced some people are born smarter than others. Okay? I, I'm convinced some people have the capability of just, I can't even think of the words to say because I'm not one of those people. <laughs> you know, there are, there's those geniuses that are out there that are, that are, we call them gifted people because there's just truly something different and remarkable about them. But you know what? God made them that way. God made you the way that you are. And if you have that ability to go out and make a living and accomplish things, thank God for that. But not everyone can do that. There are some who are just weaker, who are, they do have those disabilities. And you know, we should be merciful to them. We should have the desire to lift them up, to, to make things better, to make things easier. You know, you have people too. And th- listen, this is not, none of these things are a put down, okay? None, none of these things are a put down, but you know, some people are, we, we could put them in the category of weak because they're elderly, okay? Now, thank God for all of you elderly people are here. We're not saying you're weak in general because, you know, the Bible says the, you know, days of man are three score and six. And if by reason of strength, four score. So listen, if those of you here that are over 80, you didn't get there by being weak. You got there by being strong. Okay. But those of you here that are in your 80s and 90s and, uh, you know, won't point at anybody or anything like that. But those of you here that are like that, would you agree with me that when you were in your 30s and 40s, you were stronger than you are now, physically speaking? Okay. But, you know, now you're not able to do what you're able to do anymore. So does that mean we should just like walk all over you people and not care, you know, not care about you and, and take these things into consideration? You know, and sometimes too, it's kind of frustrating. You know, we have all these zoning requirements and, you know, you've got to have legally, we're required to have all this handicap accessibility and stuff like that. But let me, let's, here's the thing. In America, when you consider how wealthy we are and all the luxuries we have, you know what? We, most of us should think about that kind of stuff. You know, our church, you know, God has given us enough. He's blessed us enough where, you know, we should be able to have a, a facility that is accessible to those that are handicapped, those that have disabilities, the elderly. We should take those things into consideration. And if we notice a need that is there for those who are weaker, you know what? We should do something about that because we have the ability to, uh, we have the ability to do those things. And you know what? Those of you that are, uh, you know, older or you have, uh, you know, different things like that, you know, don't be ashamed to say something and say, you know, this is hard for us because a lot of times, those of us that are younger, we don't even think about that stuff. We don't even think about some of the things that are a challenge to you. And you know what? We should think about those things because one of these days, those things will be challenges to us. One of those, these days, those things will matter. And one of the, when we bought this building, one of the main things I said, when we get another building, I said, I want to have a fellowship hall that's on the same level as everything else. And not for me, I don't have problems with stairs, but we do. We have those that are elderly, and I didn't want them to have to deal with that kind of thing. And one of these days, I'm going to be somebody who doesn't like stairs because, you know, it, it's, it's coming for all of us. And we ought to be thinking about these things, and we ought to try to help. We ought to try to help those that are sick. Sometimes people get sick. Sometimes people get diseases, and, and different things happen to them, and they are going to need our help. And it might be a little bit of a burden, but we ought to be ready to step up and say, well, you know what? We're strong. Let's help those that are weak. Let's see if we can't make things a little bit easier.
for this person. And that person, too, they might be in the category of poor. Again, it's not always bad. Sometimes it's because people are lazy. Sometimes it's because people are stupid. Sometimes it's because they're dishonest or they, they uh, cheated and they got in financial trouble or maybe they gambled all their money away and things like that. But sometimes it's because there's legitimate things that they can't help. There's uh, women out there that are widows. Maybe there's that young mother out there who has young children and her husband dies. She's going to have a tougher time than somebody who has that husband that's able to be there and provide. And you know what? We shouldn't overlook those people. You know, or just an orphan, some children who maybe both their parents died and they might not have family to take care of them. We ought to recognize things like that often. And I think the problem is that we have in our country and even in churches is we're just not grateful. We don't often give credit to who credit is due for all the things that we do have. Often we are in the place that we are in. We have maybe the work ethic that we have because of the father that we have. And maybe that person, too, that we want to be down on that is lazy, maybe it's just they weren't taught. Maybe they didn't have a strong father figure in their house that was able to, you know, to uh, instill those character traits in them that they need. A lot of times, you know, we do, we forget why we got to where we got. And then we do, we just start being all down and critical on others who aren't in that same position. But what we should do is we should recognize how we got to where we're at, and then start saying, what can I do to bring other people to the same place? How can I help other people? And reach out and you know, be that mentor. Be that mentor for that young man who doesn't have a father in his life. You know, And, and as, a, as a church, we ought to pay attention to the needs of those that are elderly and uh, those that are widows. And you know, we, we should be paying attention to what's going on in other people's lives because it's just the right thing to do. God will bless us. And if we don't, I believe we're responsible. God wants us looking out for each other. And I do think in our country, that's one of the reasons we're blessed. I mean, our, our country is in many ways is almost good to a fault. You know, we make it too easy for people to be lazy. And, you know, I think the welfare uh, program that we have, it has, it's created uh, an opportunity for lazy people to be lazy. But you know what else it's done? It's helped a lot of people that need help. And I think God's blessed us for that. And we need to, we don't want to just completely throw it away. I think there needs to be some reforming in the welfare program. But we don't ever want to forget about those who really do need it. I'm thankful we don't see our elderly population just left out by the river like they do in some countries and abandoned there. I'm glad we've got nursing homes and they've got uh, nurses and things that are taking care of them. I'm thankful for that because I believe we're, we'd bring a curse on our nation if we did stuff like that. And you say, well, that stuff costs a lot of money. Well, you know, maybe it does, but I think it's worth it. You know, I think it's the right thing to do, and we need to keep it up. The Bible says in Romans 15:1, We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification, for even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproach thee fell on me. So we see that when it comes to our sin debt, when it comes to uh, our way of salvation, Jesus did all of it for us. It was a major inconvenience for him. He literally had to suffer, die on a cross. He gave his life 
so we could just have salvation, the least we could do is deal with a little bit of discomfort to help somebody else, to help an infirmity, to help a reproach that has fallen on somebody else, whether it be one that was innocent or one that they asked for. Sometimes people, they get themselves in trouble and they did. They, they asked for it. You know, they did something dumb. But do we want to just be like, well, you know what? They made their bed. Now they can sleep in it. Well, you know what? We made our bed when it came to our sin debt, and God's the one that took care of that. We can be merciful. We're still allowed to be merciful, even if somebody ended up in that situation and it was their fault. These are not the times for us to just get real judgmental with people. And you can if you want, but with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. So be careful. Be careful with this. So you have uh, one category of poor that's out there. It's just those who are weak. And that is not, in most cases, you know, a character problem. Okay? And then another category you can say is the depressed in mind or circumstance. Okay? And these are all like in, in the definition uh, for poor. But in, in Proverbs 14.21 it says, He that despiseth his neighbor sinneth, but he that hath mercy on the poor, happy is he. You know, sometimes people, they, it's circumstances that made them poor you know there there are people that lose their job and it wasn't because they were a bad worker it wasn't because they cheated on the job or did something illegal sometimes you know things change in the economic world businesses go under i mean if you you know if you were a typewriter salesman you know several years back i'll bet those people aren't doing too good anymore you know you know there's there's some fields that you know they don't matter anymore you know they they go away if you sell encyclopedias you know good luck making a living with that in the age of the internet today you're probably not going to do real well but sometimes you know we just got to understand people are in a bad spot through no fault of their own it is just bad circumstances sometimes people lose their job sometimes you know they have uh accidents things that happen uh you know bad circumstances you know major expenses that come up, maybe a major medical expense, uh, injury. They have big hospital bills. These are not people who just did something stupid. It's just something bad happened. Maybe a natural disaster, maybe a fire, a tornado. There are so many things that can just, I mean, that, that's the thing we've got to understand too. When it comes to our accomplishments and what we've built and accomplished for ourselves, We've all got to understand, we could lose it all tomorrow. You know, that house that you have, you could. You could have some wiring go bad in your house and go home today, and your house is burnt down. You know, that can, that can happen to you. You can have that car wreck. You can do something stupid while driving, have a car wreck, and then somebody turn around and sue you. We've got to understand, all that security that we think we have financially, it could go away tomorrow if the right thing happened. And sometimes those things they do, they happen to people when they weren't expecting it and they have now found themselves in a really bad spot. And it makes me sick when you have people that have this attitude. Well, you know, I'm not there. You know, I've protected myself. You know, I made sure I had good insurance and I make, you know, I always drive good. Listen, a million things can happen. A million things can happen to just wipe it all out. You know what? How about you just be merciful? It says he that hath mercy on the poor. That tells me that this poor person that he's talking about might be somebody who asked for the situation that they're in. But you know what? 
we ought to be merciful anyway and do what we can. Another category you could say is there's just those who are lacking something that they need or they don't have everything that they need. And Deuteronomy chapter 15 in verse 7, it says, If there be among you a poor man of one of thy brethren within any of thy gates in thy land, which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not harden thine heart, nor shut thine hand from thy poor brother, but thou shalt open thine hand wide unto him, and shalt surely lend him sufficient for his need in that which he wanteth. So, and we talked about this the other day, a lot of the lending and stuff that they did back then, it was more about not just people wanting to get something that they didn't have the money for yet. It was more because, you know, hard times. If you had a crop failure, if you had some kind of disaster, if you had some kind of injury or something, you were going to, you know, you were going to need help. And so sometimes you would have people that were just lacking something that they needed, something that everyone else had. And sometimes people do. They're just, you know, they, there's something very specific that they don't have that they need. You know, that person, maybe they don't have that car to get to work. There are people that you, know, you can consider them poor because they are. They're homeless. They lost their house. And not everybody that ends up in that situation got there because of drugs. You know, and I get it. In this country, that's a lot of people. You know, they're there because they choose that. But that's not always the case with everybody. You know, they're, uh, it's, so somebody who's poor, it can just be anyone who doesn't have uh, something that they need. It could be to be destitute, meaning, uh, you know, lack, needy. For it says, uh, Proverbs 28, 27 says, He that giveth unto the poor shall not lack, but he that hideth his eyes shall have many a curse. So we don't want to ignore these things. And understand this, okay, that being poor, again, it looks a lot different in America than it does in a lot of other countries. But you could say... And that being poor in America is just really not having what the average person has. And just because somebody's not starving to death, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't do something to maybe help them out. Because, for example, you know, we've ra- we keep raising the bar on what rich is in this country. You know, there was a time if you just had electricity and running water, you were considered a rich person. If you had an indoor bathroom, they must be rich. You know, if you had two cars, you were considered rich. You know, if you had $1,400 in your bank account, you know, you were considered doing pretty good. You know, now, you know, but you know, the bar keeps getting raised, doesn't it? It, keep, it, keeps, it, it keeps getting raised. And so the thing is, we don't want to just go off of, you know, the standard of poor, you know, from the dark ages, you know, if there's people today, if like, you know, as a church, if we all have something and there's somebody else that is lacking in that area, it would be wrong for us to try to help them out in that area. And, you know, it just because, you know, if we're enjoying, you know, one of the luxuries of wealth and, you know, one of the luxuries of wealth used to be eating out, okay, just, you know, going to a restaurant, okay, you know, there wouldn't be anything wrong with us, you know, paying for somebody to go with us that maybe doesn't have the money. You know, they still got a car. And I've heard people say this before too. Like when somebody is needing something or lacking something that everyone else has, you know, what people will do whenever people start talking about helping that person, oh, well, I noticed they got a pretty nice car. Why don't they just sell their car so they can, well, you know what? Do you want to sell your car? You know, do you want to get rid of these things? 
oh, well, I noticed that they got, you know, they've got more square footage in their house than I do. I mean, you know, it's like, listen, it's, it's okay with just trying to lift someone up a little bit if you have the ability. If you don't have the ability, then you don't have to do it. And the truth is you never have to do it, really. I'll show some scripture on that in a little bit. But, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with us just w- wanting to try to make it possible for others to have what we have. And I think that's a, a good attitude to have. We see in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, so in verse 9 it says, For it is written in the law of Moses, Thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. Doth God take care for oxen? Or saith he it altogether for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt, this is written, that he which ploweth should plow in hope, and he that thresheth in hope should be partaker of his hope. If we have sown unto you spiritual things, is it a great thing if we reap your carnal things? And Paul's talking about, you know, taking care of those who minister to you in spiritual things. This is what we use to justify praying, paying the preacher and stuff like that. And one thing that I don't believe when it comes to a pastor, I don't believe the pastor ought to be like, I think something's wrong when the pastor is like living this far more luxurious lifestyle than the average person in the church. I think there's something wrong with that. But I also think there's something wrong when he's living a far lower standard of living than everyone else in the church too. Now he's saying, if we're ministering to you in spiritual things, should we reap your carnal things? And that, that, that's what Paul's saying there. And again, I don't think he's trying to teach like a communism here. Obviously, nobody's entitled to your stuff. But we ought to, as individuals, we shouldn't need the government to come and take our stuff to evenly distribute things. But we ought to have the desire to want to try to get other people to where we're at. That's the mentality that we ought to have. And I think that's what Paul's kind of showing here, at least for those who minister to you in spiritual things. You know, you ought to have that same kind of attitude, too. And, um, you know, that, so that's the... We ought, we ought to feel that way about everybody and try to be a blessing. And so in Romans 15, 20, 25, it says, But now I go unto Jerusalem to minister unto the saints, for it pleased them of Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. It hath pleased them verily, and their debtors they are. For if the Gentiles have been made partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister unto them. In carnal things. So here Paul is making a collection for those poor saints at Jerusalem. And he's telling them, this is good for you to do this thing because it was through their giving that they did in Jerusalem that people like me were able to come out to you and preach the gospel to you. You benefited spiritually from what they gave materially. And you know what? You ought to try to give something back to them. And the truth is, you know, if we are the right kind of church and if we are, if we're uh, encouraging each other, edifying each other, you know, then we ought to be, you know, we ought to see ourselves as just debtors to everyone and say, you know what? I want to try to do good to other people. I want to try to be a blessing with what I have. And so just a few things, you know, real quick, I want to try to cover when it comes to what you, you know, what you need to do as an individual is first off, just your, some attitudes you need to have is one, just don't get proud. Don't get proud. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better is it to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. You do not want to get put in that camp. And let me tell you, there's a lot of wealthy people out there that are pretty arrogant. They're very proud of that fact. 
Don't get that attitude. If you're blessed, if you've done well, stay humble. Try to keep, say, you know, I want to always fit in with the lowly. If you get rich, you should always want to have that attitude. You know, I've all, you know, I've always thought if I had a million dollars, I'd like to think that it wouldn't change my personality. I'd like to think that. But you know what? If I'm like most people, it'd probably go to my head and I'd start thinking I did something to earn it. Some of y'all are going to think you did something great to earn it when you're walking around, you know, with all your, you know, Biden bucks you're going to get. Uh, you know, you're like, you know, look at me, look at me. No, you didn't do anything. <laughs> you know, don't, don't get lifted up with pride because you got a comma in your bank account now. Don't get lifted up with pride because of that. You know what? Keep the humble attitude. Keep that same attitude that you had back when you were poor. Keep, keep that going. Proverbs 17.5 says, Whoso mocketh the poor reproacheth his maker. And he that is glad at calamities shall not be unpunished. Don't Man, definitely never make fun of people in that situation. Even if they ask for it. You know, don't, don't go making fun of them. That's a, that's a horrible attitude. Ezekiel 16.49, Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. We don't want to be like Sodom. And he said, Pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness was in her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hands of the poor and needy. Sodom, one of their problems, they what? It was a well-watered plain. They did. They got lifted up with pride. They didn't help the poor and needy. And you know what ended up happening to these people? They just got so full of themselves and lived such degenerate lives, they started committing abominations. And you all know what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. And you know what? This is kind of the attitude we have in our country today. We're very proud because of all that we've accomplished. And I think the one area where we're different, though, we do help the poor and needy in this country. We ever forget that? We ever start, you know, treating our elderly people like they do in some countries and not taking care of them? We start just forgetting about poor and letting kids go hungry and stuff like that? I think things will change real quick. I do think this is one area where we're doing good. There's a lot of charitable organizations that, you know, do a lot of things to feed people. There's not a whole lot of excuses to be hungry in this country. Even in this community, I was told by a, a local pastor one time, and I don't know if this is still true. This was several years ago, if, if all these things are still going on. He was telling me about all the different missions and uh, churches that do meals and stuff. And he said there are literally, if somebody made their rounds, and some people do, they could get three meals a day, seven days a week in this town. That's how, that's how much of that stuff is going on. And so there is, there's really no excuse to be hungry, at least in this town. There's, I'm sure there's some places in America, but you know what? Maybe that's one of the reasons we're blessed. Maybe that's one of the reasons when you consider all the wickedness that goes on in this country, that God hasn't destroyed us yet. You know, we've got some things going for us. We don't want to lose those things. We've lost enough good in our country. You know, let's try to hang on to those things that still remain. We do have some good things going on. I'm thankful for that. So don't get proud. Be merciful. And, um, he that despiseth his neighbor sinneth, but he that hath mercy on the poor, happy is he. That's Proverbs 14, 21. I've got a whole bunch of verses just on that, just on being merciful to the poor. Be merciful. Don't go looking for those who just deserve it. Just be merciful. It's okay. You might look at that person and you know people so well. You know all their faults. You know their whole history. You know how they got to that spot that they're in. But you know what? Forget it. Just go ahead and be a blessing. You're allowed to do that. You're, you're allowed to do that. Well, what if they go and they spend it on drugs? God will deal with them. You know, you know, let God sort that stuff out. You know, you just 
be merciful. You know what? Sometimes you might need to do something for that person, not even for them, but for yourself to get you just out of a self-centered mentality, to get you thinking about other people. It might not do a thing for them, but you know what? It might help your heart. It might make you just a more merciful person. And so we ought to be, we ought to be ready to do some of these things. Um, we need to give without expecting in return. A lot of times, well, you know, I'd like, you know, and, and I, I've had this attitude before. It's like, you know, you, you see the person that's out there, you know, begging. You know, they're always standing by the McDonald's or the place that has a now hiring sign and they're asking for food. You know, we've, we've all seen those people. And I've wanted to many times just, like, you know, ask these people, listen, just out of curiosity, and you, you can tell me after church that this is wrong. I don't know, I don't know if it would be wrong for me to do this. But I just, out of just genuine curiosity as a pastor, wanting to know where people go wrong, I've thought about just going to one of these people and say, listen, if I take you out to eat and I give you an extra 50 bucks, can I please just, like, interview you and ask you a bunch of really personal questions to find out how you got to this place? You know, and it's not because I want to make them feel bad, but I'm just, I'm interested in this story. I'm interested in how that happened. And I, I thought if I did that with like several different groups and they're all kind of telling the same story, you know, that would tell me a lot as a pastor about what I need to warn people about, you know, when it comes to getting to that. Does, does that sound like a terrible thing to do? Uh, for some reason, I, I feel like that would be kind of creepy doing that, but I, I don't know. I'd be willing to let somebody buy me lunch and give me 50 bucks. I'll tell my story, you know, all, all day long. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm also not embarrassed about my story. And these people might be shamed. It, it, it's not about being mean. I just, I really want to know. And so I don't know. You, you all tell me if that's a bad thing or not after church. And if not, maybe, maybe I'll do it sometime. I mean, maybe I'll actually do it. But anyway, uh, but we ought to give without expecting in return. I was like, well, you know what? I, I went and I helped that bum. You know, I went and I gave him this money, and you know, and I also invited him to church. And he never came to church. Well, so did you just give him the money, or did you pay him to come to church? You you probably should have told him that when you gave him, when you gave him the money. You know, brother brother Austin mentioned this morning in Sunday school. You know, are, are we are we giving him people, or are we sponsoring them so they can advertise us? You know, are you know, and it's, that's kind of the attitude we have. You know, why don't whenever you give money to people why don't you just be honest and give them a t-shirt that goes with it that has your name on it you know that says pastor tommy gave me fifty dollars and a t-shirt because i think that's what some people want you know you want somebody to be your walking billboard and there are there there's preachers out there that have that attitude they're always wanting to help these groups but then they do they want like all this recognition for it that's not the right attitude you know what we should just we should have this attitude that maybe we're entertaining angels unawares. And the truth is, if we're entertaining angels unawares, chances are we're never going to know that until we get to heaven. And that should be our attitude when it comes to helping people. I'll never know if this did any good until I get to heaven, but that's okay. I've, I've got faith that God will bless me someday, but most people don't want to do that because they didn't get the immediate return on their investment. That's not the right attitude. So give without expecting in return. It says, he that hath the bountiful eyes shall be blessed, for he giveth of his bread to the poor. That's in Proverbs 22, 9. Proverbs 19, 17. He that hath pity on the poor lendeth unto the Lord. And that which he hath given, will he pay him again? 
So notice that when you lend to the poor, it's not them that pay you back. It's God that pays you back. But you know why people don't want to give to the poor? Because they never got anything back from them. I, I, I went and I saw them waste the money. Well, you know what? God's the one that's going to pay you back. He'll, he's the one that's going to pay you back. So just do it anyway. So th- these need to be the attitude we have. And I've, I've got so many more things. But let me just show you uh, one more uh, one more verse. Uh, i got to find where it's at. Verse 7. Uh, uh, yeah, Mark chapter 14, verse 7. So, you know, when when am I supposed to do this? Because there's still opportunities everywhere. If you, if you go walk down the street in the city, you're going to have some people cry out and opportunities to give to the poor. Because you know, people are begging, asking. and But at the same time, we, do, we always wonder, when is it the right time? You know, you don't want to just pay for somebody's drugs and things like that. But I like what Jesus said in Mark 14, 70. He says, for ye have the poor with you always, and whensoever ye will. Ye may do them good, but me, yeah, not always. Jesus is showing how he's a priority over helping the poor right here. But notice how he said, whensoever ye will, you can do them good. It's really whenever you want. This is, and you know, my question is, do you ever want to do anything? Or is this just all about you? And some people, they might want to do more than others, but you know, you ought to have some kind of desire to help other people. You ought to have some kind of desire to do something generous, to give, uh, not expecting anything in return. And if you're just doing it within the church, it's real easy to expect something in return. But just doing things on the outside, doing things for strangers. You know, it's it, what it comes down to, I can't tell you when you have to do it. I think it's whenever you want to do it. And so the question you need to ask yourself is, do I ever want to? And if you don't ever want to, my question is, why not? You know, why wouldn't you want to? I, I think we should enjoy giving. I think we should enjoy being a blessing and helping other people out. And you would think as Christians who recognize the fact that we were lost, hopeless sinners on our way to hell, incapable of earning our salvation, who had a Savior come along and freely offer us a priceless gift, you know, expecting nothing in return. I mean, free, no strings attached. You would think that we would be the first ones to say, you know, who can I do something like that for? And that's how the love of God is perfected or completed when we do that same kind of thing to other people. So that tells me I should try to help people that are undeserving. Because that's what we got. And we ought to have that mentality more than anybody. And so I hope that these things were uh, just a challenge to you. And we'll just get this mindset. Just have it, have it in your head. Have it in your heart that I want to help other people. I want to do good uh, you know, to the poor. I don't want to shut my ears to the cries of the poor. I want, to, I want to be sensitive to these things. And just ask the Holy Spirit to show you when. Let the Holy Spirit guide you in these things. When you see that person in front of you, unless they're buying beer or something, you know, and their card's not working, you know what? Go ahead and pay for their stuff. You know, you be nice. You know, when you see somebody in that in that tough situation, and it's not always just giving money, too. Maybe it's just helping somebody change a tire. You see that person on the side of the road, some people can't change a tire. They're not physically able to. You know, and if they have to call uh, a service to come out there, they're going to pay an arm and a leg for that. You know what? You could go do that for free. It would just take some of your time and be a huge blessing.
to those people. And I'm, th- I'm thankful for I'm thankful for that. And when people have done that type of thing for me, and we need to be ready to do that for other people. So with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for your word, the instruction that it gives. And uh, Lord, I thank you just for what you have done for us and uh, what you've revealed through your word that has been done on our behalf. And I pray that we will uh, be appreciative of that, dear God, and seek to uh, give back to you by doing good for other people. Help us to be watching and ready and mindful of those that are around us so we can and help us not to be self-centered and help us to just do for others as we would have to be done unto us. In your name we pray. Amen.